Welcome to the Solo Women RV Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and advice from solo women RVers, van lifers, and campers who are making their travel dreams come true. Whether you're just getting started in solo travel or are a seasoned expert, this show is for you. Join us. Just because you're solo doesn't mean you're alone. Here's your host, Kathy Belch. Hey, everybody. This is Kathy. Welcome to episode number 55. Today I'm recording in the National Forest outside of Mitchell, Oregon, a really, really beautiful part of Oregon. Yesterday I visited um, what's called the Painted Hills and um, was just and just spent a nice weekend at an event called Descend on Bend, which I'm going to talk a bit about. But first I want to get a little bit real here, sort of share what's been going on with my van and how that has been affecting my life. So as I talked about a few episodes ago, I did have a breakdown in Yellowstone National Park and ended up coming back to Portland to get that fixed. So my breakdown was on July 4th in the park. I ended up getting back to Portland and getting that into a shop on July 12th. And here it is, August 31st, when I'm recording this, and I'm still having van issues that are, I think, are going to be stalling my travels a bit. Well, they already have stalled my travels a bit. Um, so I'm going to just give a little bit of a breakdown of what happened with the breakdowns and um, kind of what I'm thinking about going forward from here. So as I talked about a little while ago, when I was in Yellowstone, my van broke down and I was able to get it running well enough to get back to Portland. Uh, the issue was diagnosed as a transmission issue. And sure enough, I took it into a transmission shop. And what they told me was, you know, it just needed a light rebuild. It wasn't too bad of a problem, which was great for me to hear. Um, so I left it with them. They had it a couple days a couple thousand dollars later, I picked it up and I wasn't gone a few hours before the check engine light came on. I had just made a camping reservation to go up to a lake on Mount Hood, Timothy Lake. I ended up canceling that and having to bring the van back into the shop. Um, they... They, re they fixed it up again, said there was like something that they had missed during the initial rebuild, got that taken care of, no additional cost, put me back in my van, back on the road. Um, so I was getting ready, starting to think about my long-term travels, and I wanted to get my tires and brakes checked out just to make sure everything was, was still operating well. There's this little shop, or not a shop, it's a chain of shops in Oregon called Les Schwab and they will do free brake inspections, free tire inspections. They're, they're, they have a really good reputation. So I brought that in um, and uh, they looked at it. This was August 4th. And they told me everything looked fine. They checked the tires. The brakes had been done not that long ago. So those were in good condition and told me everything was fine. Um, so I pull out of the Les Schwab to bring the the van back to the place I was staying in Portland and I noticed the steering felt kind of funky which had not been an issue at all thought that was kind of weird 
by the and this was like maybe two miles away from where I was staying where the shop was by the time I got back to the place I was staying the the steering was like completely gone it was like that you could tell there was no power steering and it's a big heavy van and I was like muscling it and it was hard and it was stressful and I was like what in the heck did they do over there at Les Schwab so I called them up brought it back and they were like god I just really don't think it's anything we did over here but we'll take a look at it Sure enough, I brought it back and just, I mean, literally driving it into this little shop was, was quite a challenge. Driving it was quite a challenge with the steering out, as you can imagine. But they looked at it and they said, no, it definitely wasn't anything they did. So I called the shop that I've been going to for a while in Portland and they had worked on the steering last year, worked on some, some other front end. I had had some issues with the steering um the the car was stalling out when i would put it too far in one direction when i was in reverse so i took that in and they did some work on that so i brought it back to have them look at it and turns out it was something that they had worked on last year it was under warranty and they got it fixed and got the steering running right again I had another reservation at Timothy Lake, tried again, and again had to cancel that one because of the steering issue. Um, luckily, was able to give that away to somebody who really appreciated it. But um, got the steering fixed and decided to head out to the Columbia River Gorge for a few nights of camping and had a great time, but also just started to notice again this, the transmission did not appear to be working properly. I'd already brought it to the transmission place twice. Um, called up again, um, was just, you know, pretty stressed out by this point, having um, a series of issues going on, but brought it back again one more time. This was now, it's like August 18th. And I'm planning to hit the road on August 22nd to head out for my big adventures. So I brought it in and he said there was like a particulate buildup that can sometimes happen. Took it out, cleaned it, test drove it, said everything was working great, gave it back to me. And I am on the highway taking the van home and it's, it's not shifting right. It is not going into fourth gear. I'm... I'm just like, this is ridiculous. I stopped. I got off the highway. Thought, well, maybe it takes a minute to warm up or something like that. I went and drove. Just went and kind of went somewhere where I could put it into full force to see if it was maybe just a fluke or something. Of course it wasn't. And then the check engine light came on. This was a Friday. And I'm planning to leave on like Monday. So I call the engine, uh, the transmission guy back and he says, bring it in. Um, you know, they were very kind to me. They were very nice. He, he's, he gave me some money for lunch and, um, said, I'll, you know, I'll work on it. He ended up putting a whole brand new rebuilt transmission in it. Just ditched the, the one that was currently in there and, and put a new one in. 
Um, he drove it around a lot, said it should be working fine, gave it back to me. And um, I felt like, yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely driving better. Um, he also, again, they were great, great people. He pointed out that there's an issue with, with it starting, which I noticed it doesn't start up as fast as it used to. And he had suggested that maybe that could be like a fuel filter issue or something like that. And since he knew I was heading out on a big long trip, maybe I should get that looked at. So I ended up making an appointment with my regular mechanic to get that looked at. But they weren't able to find anything that they could pinpoint and said with, you know, these issues that are kind of intermittent, it's hard to diagnose. Uh, I know that they had replaced the fuel pump last year because that's that was my breakdown last year was when the fuel pump went out. And I was like, did you replace the fuel filter? And they said, probably not. And so I'm thinking it's that, but they didn't look into that at all. They were just like, they just gave me the van back and said they couldn't figure out what was going on. So here I am now. I've got this issue with the van starting and the transmission seems to be shifting fine, but there's this new rattle that I don't know where it's coming from, whether he didn't tighten something when he installed the new transmission or what, I have no idea, but it's stressing me out a little bit. Anyway, I went to Descend on Bend. It was fantastic. I'm gonna talk about that in a little bit. The drive out was kind of stressful because I just felt like my van just doesn't have the same power it used to going over passes and whatnot. We come over Mount Hood to get to out near Bend where the event was. And I just, just didn't, you know, I was just not feeling like it has the same oomph that it used to going over mountains and whatnot. I don't know if that's related to the fuel filter, if that's related to the transmission. Who knows? While I was at the Descend on Bend event, I chatted with a lot of experienced van lifers about what was going on and you know every single one of them was like oh my god I would get it checked out actually a couple of the gals even offered to look under the hood for me didn't really see anything that was obvious so I reached out to a friend of mine who lives in Bend to see if maybe um, she knew a good mechanic that I could see while I was out here she recommended a couple of places of course neither of them could see me probably for a couple of weeks. That's just the way things are right now with mechanics. And, the, you know, still, I think from the pandemic era, just good mechanics are usually backed up. So I went to her place, spent the night and just, you know, chatted about it with her and kind of decided, well, it's one of these intermittent things. The rattle happens sometimes, doesn't happen sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't start on time. Sometimes it starts great. So just decided to just go, see what happens. So the transition seems to be working okay. It seems to be shifting. There's definitely a rattle. It happens sometimes. I was trying to figure out to predict like when it was happening. Can't really predict what it was. Can't really tell where it's coming from. Somewhere definitely either in the engine or transmission. It almost sounds like my dish is rattling, but it's not my dishes because it's coming from under the hood. So anyway, that was stressing me out a little bit. And then as I started coming over the mountains here in central Oregon, it's the Ochco Mountains. 
and I had to come up over a pass. The pass was about 4,000 feet, and gosh, it was really, really struggling. I don't think I got up past 35 miles an hour. So, and that, you know, that's a 4,000 foot pass. And I hear I'm heading to Colorado where the passes are what, like eight, nine, 10,000 feet. And if I hadn't just had all these issues with the van, like I might've just been, well, I'll just go slow and keep going. But I was just, I'm just like really stressed out about it and not feeling confident about taking my van right now into Colorado. So that's where I'm at. Um, I came to this campground. I came here to sit for a few days to sort of figure out what to do next. Couple options, maybe go home and fly to Colorado or go home and get my car and drive that to Colorado. If I do that, either of those options, I would have to find a place for, for my cat to go for Tucker. So anyway, I am just sitting here today, basically trying to figure it out. What do I do? I had mentioned on the other episode when I broke down the last time that I was going to go and look at some vans. And I actually never ended up doing that because I was just so occupied with this one being in and out of the shop so much that I didn't actually take the time to go and look at some other vans. So anyway, here I am. I'm with Squeaky. I'm up on the, at this beautiful kind of deserted campsite. Um, and I'm just taking taking a day or two to sit and really feel out what is going to be my next move now, whether I uh, go back and get my car, go back and fly, cancel the trip altogether to Colorado and try to find maybe a new mechanic, try to find a new van, lots of different options. And I am going to sit here and just really figure out which one is going to work best for me at this point. Um, however, I did want to jump back a couple days and talk about my experience at Descend on Bend. Um, I had interviewed Heather last year on the podcast, and she talked about her experience at Descend on Bend. And when I actually ended up being around the Pacific Northwest still at the time it was happening, I decided that um, she invited me out and I decided that hey, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm going to try to go to Descend on Bend. My main objective in going was to try to meet other people in, you know, living van life and in this lifestyle that I could connect up with and, um, you know, just meet new people. So um, I ended up finding a discounted ticket on Craigslist that someone who couldn't attend was selling. And I saved, I think, about 50 bucks for the four-day pass. So I arrived on Thursday and left on Monday. So a nice long weekend. Heather had gotten there a little bit early. She attended last year. Heather has attended a few more van life events and whatnot and has some more van lifer type friends that she invited for a little kind of queer friendly gathering spot, I guess you would call it, because what Descend on Bend is, is basically it's a huge kind of like field in the Oregon Outback. And the Oregon Outback is just an area of Oregon with sort of high desert 
a lot of sagebrush, not a lot of trees. And the people who put on Descend on Bend rent this space out for the weekend. They've been doing it, I think, about seven, eight years now. It started as primarily a gathering of people in like Volkswagen Vanigans and Synchros and that kind of thing, the old school Volkswagens, and has turned into this pretty substantial van life gathering. And I say van life because I'm going to say the majority, probably 80 to 90 percent, were, were vans and um, small RVs and uh, Volkswagens. I think I saw maybe one or two trailers, but primarily a lot of self-built out vans and a lot of Sprinter vans were there, a lot of the Ford Transit vans that people build out, and also quite a few Volkswagens, like the old school Volkswagen vans from like the 70s, as well as the kind of more like Eurovan type and Synchrovan type. And it was, um, it was actually pretty cool to see all the different rigs and whatnot that people had there. But uh, the the uh, the title or the theme of Descend on Bend is, is humans being, and so it's it's a place for people to just kind of come and hang out. There are not a lot of scheduled activities. There's I think yoga in the morning, and then they had entertainment every night, whether it was music or uh, one night they had comedy. I missed it. They switched the schedule around, so I missed the comedy. I was kind of looking forward to that. But um, it's um, it's just a, kind of a very loose, mostly social event where people come together and hang out. And that's what we did. It was really wonderful. And I do have to say, as a solo person attending this event, I'm really glad that Heather organized this little neighborhood and that I was a part of it because I think if you came there all by yourself and didn't know anyone, it might be a little bit hard to find community and connect. Um, I think it would be for me anyway. Maybe if you're super outgoing, I'm very social, it wouldn't be as much of a problem. Actually, one of the gals that ended up coming to our neighborhood has attended a couple times and and she just showed up and just was like, hey, can I join your neighborhood? You look like a bunch of friendly folks. And that was wonderful. I don't know if I would have the chutzpah to go ahead and do something like that. And she was great and a great you know, part of our neighborhood. So if you got a lot of chutzpah or whatnot, you could probably do really well attending by yourself. But um, it's great to know at least one other person so that you can have a bit of community while you are there. So essentially what... Is descend on Bennett as we, we arrived on Thursday there was a few hundred vehicles I think mine was number 211 to come in and by the end of the weekend I think there was over 900 vehicles that came so a few thousand people were there and Saturday night was was quite raucous but the rest of the time was pretty mellow the location isn't really in Bend. It's actually about 30 miles outside of Lapine, Oregon. So pretty much southeast of Bend, out in the middle of nowhere. And you just drive in, 
It's all dirt roads. It can get pretty sandy. A couple people did get stuck. One gal got stuck right in front of our camp. But everyone was super helpful. People came around and helped get her unstuck and towed out. And, uh, you know, it was a way to actually meet people. Um, I ended up meeting a couple people, uh, helping her get get unstuck. Basically, what we did was we, we spent a lot of time just sitting around. The spot that Heather got, she got there super early, was a little bit far away from where the main activity was. And it was underneath a tree, so there was a tiny bit of shade during some parts of the day. And a bunch of people just started circling up, people that she had invited. Actually, another gal that I had interviewed once on the podcast who I had never met in person, Carrie, the one who came in and talked all about Starlink, she showed up. And we got to meet in person, and that was pretty awesome. And she came with a friend. And then there was another gal, the woman who does the Galavan, and she does van tours. She was there. The gal who just wandered up upon us, who was from the Bend area. The gals from the Sunrise, Sunrise Tribe were there. I got to meet them. It was really nice. We just hung out a lot, chatted. I got, I felt like I was getting schooled in Van Life 101. You know, I'm not a full-timer and most of these people were. And so that was kind of cool to, to just sit around and absorb the wealth of information that they had. There was a few events during the day. They had a maker's market where all kinds of people would come and sell stuff. There was a beer tent, a coffee tent. Um, and then the music at night. And that was pretty much it. It was just kind of a, a very, I would say it's like a low key-ish gathering, or I guess as low key or high key, key as you want it to be, because there was definitely some partying going on into the wee hours. They had some great bands. I definitely did some dancing and hanging out at the evening events. I did I did chat with a few people. I met another gal who was traveling with a cat and that was fun to chat with her. You know, for the most part, everyone was very open, very friendly, and um, it was really a fun event to attend. Oh, and one of the things that they have there is um, this uh, land is right up against a piece of national forest land. And there is a geological feature close by called the big hole which is a big crater formed by the glaciers i think that's one of the draws to this event a lot of the folks who have the four-wheel drive vehicles they can actually drive down into the crater and and spin around down in there but the other thing um, that they do is they have this thing called the synchro run and the synchro is a Volkswagen that is four-wheel drive and kind of lifted and so it can travel into uh, you know more off-road rugged type places and so they have this thing called the synchro run where all these people get drive down into this crater and it's a few miles down it's quite huge and then they have a jump down there and so all these little synchro Volkswagens go over this jump that they've made down there and there are some other type of vehicles that went down there too as well as a lot of motorcycles and different dirt bikes so it, it was all a pretty fun event 
they didn't provide any food except for the first night. I guess you got some food with your admission if you came in early the first night. But people, you know, brought their own food. The only thing they really provided was porta potties and the, the entertainment and the place to be and the place to connect and form community. So it was definitely a pretty cool event. I might attend um, in the future. And if I do, I will probably um, try to organize some kind of solo women meetup. There was definitely plenty of other solo women there. It's not the kind of event where there was really like specific meetups planned or anything like that. But I would, I think it would have been cool to have some sort of meetup with all the other solo women that were there because there were a lot of them. And like I said, a lot of the people who attend this are full-time van lifers and I just got a lot of inspiration from them so that was kind of my experience at Descend on Ben we ended up leaving on Monday morning uh, Sunday night was kind of mellow it was nice like Thursday night and Sunday night were both kind of mellow nights and then Friday was wild and crazy and Saturday as well and then a lot of folks did leave on Sunday I stayed until Monday but it was a super cool event I'd recommend checking it out, but like I said, if you do go, try to connect up with some other people to meet up with. I wouldn't necessarily recommend, unless you're super, super outgoing, that you go go by yourself. So that's my show for this week. Sorry for all the rambling. I will let you all know where I end up, what I decide, whether I make it to Colorado, whether I don't. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff to figure out within the next few days. So thanks again for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Solo Women RV podcast. Please join our email list over at solowomenrv.com to stay up to date on all things solo travel related. And if you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a podcast sponsor. Details can be found over at anchor.fm slash Kathy hyphen Belge. And if you know someone who would benefit from what we talked about today, please share this episode with them or leave us a review over on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps and makes it easier for others to find us. The Solo Women RV podcast theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. And until next week, we'll see you out there on the road.